Hello, this is The Bittersweet Life. If you're a fan of the show, write us a review and tell your friends about us. And if you donate at thebittersweetlife.net, you'll not only help keep the show going, you'll get a handwritten thank you note in the mail. And we will never forget you. Also, if you want to sponsor the show, contact us through thebittersweetlife.net. And if you're new, welcome. I'm Katie Sewell. This show begins in Rome, right after I quit my job as a senior producer for public radio and moved there. This was totally out of my character. My co-host is Tiffany Parks. She's a writer, author of Midnight in the Piazza, and she's my childhood friend. And she also moved to Rome, but over a decade ago. She flew there with no real plan and managed to stay. Don't be afraid to start way back at the beginning. I promise you'll be entertained. And don't be afraid to start thinking about how you might want your life to be different. We're all on this journey together. Welcome to Rome. This is The Bittersweet Life with Katie Sewell and Tiffany Parks. Hello, this is The Bittersweet Life. I'm Katie Sewell. I'm Tiffany Parks. And if you thought we were getting a little weird last week when talking about punctuality, what are we talking about this week, Tiffany? Well, I could have started the show like this. My name is Tiffany Parks (laughs) and I am a smartphone addict. So were you wanting to do a show about smartphone addiction so that we now are going to hold you to task on this? That's part of it. Sure. That's part of it. But also I just need some, I need some strategies, Katie. Because I think I've realized that I have a problem, but I, I can't seem to fix it on my own. That's why I've come to you. That's why I'm here. No, um, I was in the kitchen the other day and I had my phone on YouTube and I was watching a video and I thought to myself for a second, just a fleeting thought went through my head. Where's my phone? I want to scroll Twitter. <laughs> Oh, I'm looking at my phone right now. And it reminded me of that saying that says people who are truly addicted to cigarettes, and I think this is from a movie, I can't remember which one, while you're smoking your cigarette, you're already craving your next one, which to a non-smoker seems impossible. But I kind of experienced my own version of that. Wow. That's interesting. Yeah. So were you watching anything on YouTube that was relevant to the fact that you were cooking? Was cooking video? No, no, no. No. No, 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 it wasn't. It was um it was some maybe some political video. I consume for someone who has no my work has nothing to do with politics. I consume a lot of political videos, podcasts, and also Twitter. That's what I do on Twitter. I don't scroll Twitter in the way that I scroll Instagram. Like I scroll Instagram mindlessly. We can talk about that in a second. (laughs) (laughs) I have a Twitter list. Like you know how you can make lists on Twitter? And I have created this list and I started doing this shortly after the 2016 election of political journalists and people who tweet about politics. And some politicians, not tons of politicians, more journalists. It's fairly fast moving, but it's all politics based. I can get sucked into it. And I have deleted Twitter off of my phone a number of times. Mm-hmm. I cannot do this anymore. And then I've, I always put it back. I had literally just deleted it from my phone. And then Claudio, my husband, sent me a text saying, Jeffrey Epstein just committed suicide. And I was like, what? <laughs> and I had, to, I had to put it back on. 
<laughs> or did he? Uh, yeah, or did he? Another story for another day. So that's one of the things I do, but that's not the only thing that I'm doing. And I think what's hard is that so much of my work I need my phone for. And this is something that I'm sure so many people have an issue with. Maybe they want to lose, use their phone less frequently, but they have to use it for work. For me, I need to do social media for the podcast, mm -hmm. as you all know. And I also do social media for my own personal brand, author slash tour guide brand. I need to use it for that. But the problem is you, you pick up your phone and you, at least me, I can sometimes pick up my phone and say, okay, I have to do that. I have to do some specific thing, but I won't do that. I'll see something else. Oh, what's that? You know, notification. I'll go down a rabbit hole and I'll put down my phone 20 minutes or 30 minutes later I'll go back to my work. Oh, wait a second. <laughs> I was supposed to have just done something and I didn't do that thing. I got to the point also where I took off the notifications. Instagram notifications off. Twitter notifications are off. So you'd think that that would be a good step forward. And I guess it is. But the problem is I know that I don't have notifications. So I'll be like, oh, I wonder if anything's happened on Instagram recently. And I'll open it up. <laughs> and it's just, it's, I don't, you know? Yeah. Well, here's what I want to know. How do you feel after that 20 minutes? Oh, I don't feel good. I know a lot of people say that social media makes them feel depressed. I don't get that so much. I think it maybe depends on who you follow. The political stuff makes me feel depressed, and I'm trying to cut back on that. And that's kind of a separate and apart from how I get that news, because it could come from the computer, or I need to take a step back from politics, as I've done before, but I always get sucked back in. But I, I feel like that's a different story. This is truly like the phone. I just find that if it's near me, I can't get anything done. So when I'm writing, I put it in another room. Sometimes I write on the couch with my laptop. And if I just put my phone under a pillow, I will forget about it. Hmm. But if it's there and I can see it, I get sucked into it. And yeah, I've come up with a few strategies that I use to a varying degree. I haven't become super good about any of them, but <clears throat> one of them is to turn it off an hour or so before bed. And the other is to, is the one I think is the most important is to just not turn it on first thing in the morning. And so I've been keeping it in a different room. I bought myself an alarm clock. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And it took <laughs> me a while to figure out exactly the kind of alarm clock that I needed because I need an alarm clock that I can see in the dark. I think part of this is having a child who has slept so poorly that I need to know what time it is. I bought this really cute vintage style alarm clock, but I couldn't see it in the dark. So I got to get a digital alarm clock. And I found one that it goes blank. But if you make any kind of vibration, even like if you just hit the bed and it's on the nightstand, it'll feel it and it'll, it'll turn on. Huh. So it's perfect. Nice. I love it. Yeah. So now that I have my alarm clock, I can put my phone in a different room, which is a big step towards not turning it on first thing in the morning. So I feel like I'm making a little bit of tiny baby steps yes but I still need more help well I thought it would be fun I looked up the signs that you're addicted to your iPhone okay. according to one article <laughs> okay and I thought we could go through them and then you know everybody listening can also go through them but it's basically how do you know if you're addicted to your cell phone now you might not have all of these you might just have one of these but this is the list of things that cell phone addictions involve all right 
how many total things are on the list? Six. Six. Okay. Let's see if I, I think if I get three, that means I'm probably an addict. Don't you think? I think it means if you get one, you might be an addict. Just one. Oh my <laughs> but, gosh. But I don't know. It doesn't, it doesn't specify. So I'll let you interpret it however you want. Okay. Okay. First one is sleep disturbances or insomnia that are caused by heavy phone usage. Nope. Do not have that. Unless the politics are keeping you awake. No, I, nothing keeps me awake. <laughs> and that comes from having a, being sleep deprived for a, like a long period of time. When I have the luxury of being able to sleep, I can sleep because my body needs it so badly. So I'm never kept awake by worrying thoughts of politics or other. And I don't wake up and feel the urge in the middle of the night to check my phone. Absolutely not. So that one, at least I don't have. All right, good. <laughs> All right, so that's a no. All right, reliance on your phone to experience relaxation or satisfaction. Hmm, I don't think so for relaxation. Nothing relaxes me more than like either reading a book or watching a movie or something on Netflix, which is also media. But no, I don't. Definitely not relaxation. Satisfaction? I don't think. I don't think so. For me, I would. I don't think I would call myself a cell phone addict, but I do have a tendency to relax by laying on my back, playing a game on my phone while listening to podcasts. Oh. I do that probably more than I watch anything. Really? What kind of game? Because I'm not, I don't have any games on my phone. If I did, I'd probably never put it down. Well, you never really want to admit what games you play. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, I mainly, I mainly play Candy Crush Saga. Are you kidding me, Katie? The new versions, Candy Crush Friends and Candy Crush Jelly. Katie, I would never have guessed. You know, and I think it's because it's mindless enough because I'm really wanting to just lay there and listen to something. And what I should be doing is draw and listen to something. Do something more active than playing Candy Crush Saga. I'll join you in your addiction thing. So on Candy Crush Friends. Is he going to tell you how many hours you've spent on it? No, I'm going to tell you what level I'm on. Okay, Candy Crush Friends. I'm on level 361. That's not good. Wait, how long does it take to get to a new level? Well, it's just how many boards you've played. Oh my God. And on Candy Crush <laughs> Jelly, I am on... 612. Oh my God, Katie. Oh my I wouldn't, gosh. I had no idea you played games on your phone i like to think of it as i'm listening to other people's podcasts yes okay i'm just okay doing something else i would say just taking up knitting i know i'll teach you how to knit knitting is a great thing to do while listening i knit a whole sweater while listening to a book once it was fantastic yeah i should do that yeah or like i said draw i actually do like drawing but yeah i don't know it's like that tired at the end of the day when really you just want to like lay there and watch something yeah i don't want to watch tv <laughs> no that would be it's terrible for me it'd be such a waste of time <laughs> all right number three feelings of anxiety or irritability when separated from the phone or when faced by an inability to use it for example when you realize that your phone is on low battery. Mm -hmm. I would say that one, maybe yes. Irritability or what was the other one? Anxiety? Anxiety. I mean... Frustration, maybe. Frustration. Anxiety is a strong... I don't know that I would get there, but a certain amount, to a certain extent, I have that. It bugs me. For sure. That, yes. Okay, number four. Number four. Feelings of loneliness or swift mood changes. Well, they say when you're unable to send a message or receive immediate responses, does it make you feel lonely? No, 
Not at all. Does it make you go from happy to to negative? <laughs> no. The only thing about it would that would make me do that would be if I had bad news or you know like I read a really stressful email or found something out on Twitter that was really bad. But that doesn't really have to do with the phone. So no, I would say no. Well, it does because I mean they're saying that it's what's on the phone that's making you addicted to it. So it is what you're doing on the phone. Yeah, but I don't know. I feel like it's pretty specific. If if someone sent you a message saying that your dog died, the fact that you got it on your phone does not mean that you're addicted to your phone. You know what I mean? That's true. Yeah, of course. Okay, number five. Continued and conscious phone use, even in dangerous situations, like while driving. Okay, I almost never do it while driving, but if I'm starting out on my way home, I need to put my podcast on. And I usually will try to do it before... I pull out, but sometimes it might happen that I will be searching through there a little tiny bit. I won't like write a full out message because I'm not capable of that. I couldn't text while I was driving. I wouldn't be able to, but a few little things. Yes. Okay. And then the last one is a preference for using the phone instead of personal interaction. I love personal interaction. I love being with people. So I don't think so. So we may have proven that you're not actually an addict. Then again, this is just one random article. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) maybe there's a difference between being like a true addict and overuse. I think I definitely have an overuse issue. Whether I'm a true addict, I don't know. But I definitely want to use it less. And I want to feel less dependent on it. The one that hits home the most is that irritability. Where's my phone? Like when you can't find it and you're like, ugh. Or when you're in a situation where you really shouldn't use it and your fingers are like itching to pick it up, even though there's not necessarily anything that you need to do on it. That I definitely feel. And I don't like that. And my husband really complains about my phone use. He thinks I'm totally addicted and that I have a major problem. I don't know if I would go quite as far as that, but I definitely have a certain a certain level yeah. of an issue. Yeah. Well, you know, you are very good at the Instagram story. And Claudio <laughs> does appear in a lot of those Instagram stories. So is that what he's talking about? I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's that. Your documentation of, your posting of. I don't think that he minds what I'm doing on the phone. It's sort of just the cumulative total of time that I'm looking at it instead of looking at the world or looking at him or whatever. He also really has a problem with me using it in front of Aurelio. I've been really working on that. Hi there, I'm Katie. And I'm Tiffany. Taking a brief moment out of the show so I can ask Tiffany a question. Yes? So Tiffany, you listen to podcasts, right? I mean, besides ours. Of course I do. Okay. Yes. Well, see, me too. And I was just thinking the other day that sometimes when a show that I really love pops into my feed, I feel a sense of relief. It might not be relief. I don't even know what the word, right word would be. No, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, because, you know, you're excited when the show that you love comes up and you wait the whole week so you can hear it. And then, yeah, I totally feel the same. Yeah, it's just so great to have it there. Well, so my question for you is, do you think that there are listeners out there that think the same way about our show? Like they get a little electric spark when they see it. I know there are. I mean, I we've had so many people write to us and tell us. I'm sure there are. So the question is, are you out there, dear listener? Are you the person listening to the sound of my voice who feels a sense of relief or joy or just plain excited when the show appears? If you are that person who has found that through the months and years you've come to rely on the company and conversations that you're finding here, please 
keep those conversations going by pledging your support at our brand new Patreon page. Yes. Oh, by the way, do you know what Patreon is, Tiffany? I do. Patreon is this amazing website that makes it really easy for you to support the independent art that you love, like us. Like us. And you can receive fabulous prizes, too. Um, depending on you know how much you want to pledge to support us, you, there are certain prizes. For example, if you're thinking of moving to Italy now or in the future, if it's an idea that interests you, you won't want to miss my exclusive guide created just for our Patreon supporters called How to Move to Italy Without Losing Your Mind and several others just for people who, who might be traveling to Italy as well. That sounds relatively important. If you're planning on a trip to Italy or a move to Italy, you definitely don't want to lose your mind. <laughs> And that's just one of the many exclusive gifts you can get, pick out, select when you pledge your support for our show at patreon.com slash the bittersweet life podcast. We like to consider ourselves artists and we made this thing. And if you like what we're making, please support it too. Yes. And Patreon is spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. So that's patreon.com slash the bittersweet life podcast. And I will put this link in the show notes, of course. And we thank you so much for giving back to the show that keeps you in good company. And now back to the show. I've been really working on that. And I really don't want to do that. We talked about this, I think, on our New Year's Eve, our resolutions. Yes, we did. I don't want to use my phone in front of him because I don't want him to gravitate towards it. I mean, already children are going to gravitate towards it. I don't want to make it worse. Right, yeah. What happens is he's a very difficult eater. Mm -hmm. He's one of those kids where you just have to like sit there for an hour and a half at the dinner table and kind of beg them on your knees to take a bite. (laughs) And it can get very tedious. (laughs) (laughs) Katie's like thanking her lucky stars. She never had children right now. There are so many reasons I'm thankful for my decision not to have children (laughs) on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, it can be hard. It depends on what he's eating. Some things he's better about, but vegetable. He's not a vegetable person. What child is? Yeah. I literally, trying to get him to eat peas the other night, he would just take a bite. I would first, just to get him to take a bite was an enormous undertaking. And then he would just put it in one side of his mouth and just keep it there. <laughs> and I'd be like, I really want to eat your food. <laughs> and so I have found that sometimes it is so mind-numbingly boring to sit with him and get him to eat you know I've like long since finished my dinner I can finish my dinner in 10 minutes yeah what am I supposed to do are we supposed to chat about our days for an hour and a half while he's eating (laughs) what it's not like we're playing on the floor with some really fun toy Mm -hmm. we're sitting there I'm forcing him to eat and so I will tend to have my phone next to me it's probably part of the problem like he probably will eat more willingly if I don't have my phone there and I'm not distracted. It's kind of like a vicious cycle though because I just get so bored sitting there and sometimes I'll get a book out instead. But oh, and this actually brings me to another point that I wanted to bring up. And that is that when you're a parent, you have these tiny, tiny little slivers of time in which you can consume media, whether that be phone, book, TV or whatever. And you're constantly getting interrupted. I have found that sometimes I'll bring a book to the breakfast table. I believe that reading a book at the breakfast table is not rude. Any other meal is not okay. But breakfast is, according to Emily Post or whatever, you can read at the breakfast table. So sometimes I'll bring a book. I'm leaving my phone in the other room. He just will interrupt me so often that I I can't even read one page. Sentence interrupted. Sentence interrupted. Sentence interrupted. 
And it's not just at breakfast. It's other times of the day as well, like mid-afternoon. I'm going to try to get him to play by himself, read a couple chapters of my book. And it's just constant interruption. When you have a phone and you're on Twitter or Instagram, those interruptions don't bother you as much because you're consuming these things that don't take any of your attention. Unless you're reading some long form article, you're looking at Twitter, you're looking at Instagram, you're reading these bite-sized things. And if someone's constantly interrupting you, it's not a big deal. So I kind of use that to excuse myself and other parents of young children for one of the reasons that it just makes more sense to look at a phone when you're with your child than to be reading. Now I want him to see me reading. I would rather have him see me reading. And I do read a good amount. I just finished all the light we cannot see. It took me, oh my God, Katie, I can't even tell you how long it took me to read this book. (laughs) It's a long book. Well, it is a long book, but I used to read a book a week. In 2014, when you were living in Rome, actually, I did the book reads challenge and I challenged myself to 50 books and I did it. I remember. And now like, it's a miracle if I can read a book in a month. I brought that book with me to the States. I left on June 29th. It is after mid-August right now. And I loved that book. I was really hooked on it. I could have sat and read that book for four hours a day if I'd had the time. But it's so hard, not just find the time to read, but like to find the time to read more than a paragraph. You just, you keep having to go back and reread paragraphs and pages because you just can't get the momentum going. So, uh, so I can see why other mothers and myself, we pick up the phone because it's just so much easier. Yes. And while you mentioned that book, mm-hmm. I mean, we have to mention that Anthony Dorr, who's the one that wrote that book, All the Light We Cannot See, is going to be a guest on our show in a week or two. I know. It's <laughs> so exciting. I am so excited about that. But, you know, I um, actually want to talk to him before he was as well known as that book, All the Light We Cannot See, made him because that book was a huge hit. Mm-hmm. He wrote a book called Four Seasons in Rome about winning the Rome Prize where you get this chance to go study in a field or go work on a project at one of these universities in Rome. I think it's the American Academy. Yeah, American Academy. He wins that and moves his family to Rome, but he has just had twin babies. (laughs) (laughs) And I have always wanted to talk to him about that time that he spent in Rome. I don't think I've read that book, which is crazy, but I should read it, especially since I love this other one so much. Yeah, I can't wait. So if you're not subscribed to the show, you better subscribe ASAP because he's coming on, what, next week, week after, something like that. It's really, really soon. Yeah, we have some pretty important guests lined up. Yes. So uh, subscribe to the show, y'all. I might also mention that coming up is the executive producer of the Oprah show and the mm-hmm. own network is going to be on in just a couple of weeks. <laughs> I know. We're getting big time, Katie. Yeah, we're getting all the scholars now. Paul Thoreau might be on. We'll see. We'll see. So subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Anyway, back to this addiction, though. I probably use my phone as much as you because I listen to so many podcasts. However, I don't have the love for social media that you do. I don't. I think. Wait, 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 wait. I don't love social media. <laughs> I. She's laughing because she doesn't believe it. No, no. I do. I do believe it. But I mean, what I love about it is animal videos, some things on Facebook. And I love the Instagram stories. But I don't get why people scroll through Instagram because boredom. Uh, Yeah, but I mean, I love a beautiful view just as much as the rest of people. And I love when I take a picture where I'm like, wow, that picture is amazing. And it looks great on Instagram. But it seems so fake, particularly when I see people that I know, like in real life. And then I see them on Instagram. I think that Instagram plays on the fact that a lot of your followers are strangers. But I'll know these people and I'll go, 
I know in person that that person is nothing like that. If they are like that, it's this minuscule part of who they are. Part of what I love about real humans versus Instagram humans is that we are flawed. We do have these weird quirks so that, you know, I have kind of a strange smile sometimes or whatever. I love that kind of stuff. And I feel like Instagram, none of it's there. It's like everybody's perfectly bronzed and every view is absolutely gorgeous. I don't think that everybody on Instagram is like that. I think the Instagram stars are like that for sure. But I actually have become part of the sort of Instagram writers community they always post pictures of their computers as they're writing, their notes or their printed drafts or like sticky notes or whatever. They're never pictures that are beautiful to look at, but they have these really great captions and they write about what they're working on or what they're struggling with. But I get so much, not sometimes inspiration, but sometimes just like a sense of community. These people are out there, they're struggling with this too, and they're working on their edits or they're working on their, you know, their first draft, they're trying to get done and somebody will post the very last page of their draft and it'll say the end and they'll be like, I finally finished this draft. Thank God it's taken me three years, you know, and I do relate to that. And I feel like those people are real people. I try to post like that as well. I will put pretty pictures on, like a beautiful picture of Rome, but I'll post something real some little tidbit of information about Rome. But there are people of value out there on Instagram. I just think that a lot of the people that have the huge followings are like you're talking about, these perfect Instagrammed personas that make their lives look perfect. And that definitely exists, but that's not the only thing that's out there. I don't know. But anyway, let's go back to talking about addiction. So I feel like I'm relatively familiar with addiction, but of course I know it for more from a personal standpoint, from a, like a physical standpoint. Cause as you know, as a young person, I was a smoker, which kids, if you're listening, regardless of if you uh, have wanted to be a smoker all your life and you're just waiting until you turn 18 to be able to pull it off, I highly suggest that you don't do it. It is like the worst thing. Katie, I told you this when you were a teenager, you didn't listen. Of course not. <laughs> I didn't listen. <laughs> I was hell bent on it. I mean, I can remember, and this is what's so ridiculous, and hopefully kids these days are different, but I can remember being a little kid and, and just thinking, oh, man, when I grow up, I'm going to smoke camels. <laughs> what, I'm curious. What, I mean, I really, really wanted to. Why did you feel like that? What attracted you? Was it a character on TV? Was it a, a movie? Um, was it a person that you knew? I mean, it was probably several things. My grandfather was a smoker. I don't know. I, I found it glamorous. Like, I thought it was kind of cool and rebellious and something that was your own like you would do it and own it that would just be a part of your mm. character I mean it all seems so foolish because at that point you don't have any sense of what a true addiction is and it becomes so horrible I think anybody who has smoked and tried to quit or is currently smoking and trying to quit knows that if you quit and then you are doing really great and you have that first cigarette you have this temptation and you fall for it you know and you go for it and you're like well it's been a year it's been six months or whatever how instantly it comes back and that first one is great and the second one is so terrible it instantly locks back in to the cycle and one of the things that eventually and how I quit successfully was in part because I realized that I was never living in the moment and I really love living in the moment, being present with the people I'm with. And even if my friends were smokers, I felt like you were always sort of in this countdown period from when you had the last one. So in your head, there's like this internal clock that's ticking down. So, you know, if I'm with a friend, like, let's say I'm hanging out with you, I don't want to smoke around you because you hate cigarettes. 
in my head back then, I would be counting down how much longer can I be here before I need to go. And that sucks. Not only are you making your life shorter, but you're on this constant countdown. Oh my gosh. And that was really one of the big motivations for me to power through and get get it done. And I, I see people with phones being like that a little bit. It, it's a little less direct. I don't know if it's like a countdown clock because you don't have this physical itching. Since you've never been a soaker, like what actually happens is you can feel it in the back of your throat. So when it starts to crater out and you need to bring your nicotine level back up, you can actually feel it in your throat and it's, it's an awful feeling. And until you smoke again, it won't go away. It'll just continue getting worse. But I think with phones, it's more like that thing of if I am sitting with you and I get up and go to the restroom, can you sit there for the two minutes I'm away and not get your phone out? No. Or can you not? No, no, no. I don't think I... I mean, if someone paid me or bet me, you know, like a challenge. So if someone bet me, I would be able to do it. But if I had no accountability and no reason not to, of course I would look at my phone when you got up. Of course. But isn't that interesting? Because you live in the city of Rome. There's all sorts of interesting people around you. There's beautiful sights. I know. Why wouldn't you sit in an outdoor piazza and just look around for two minutes? You're right. See what the birds are doing. You're totally right. It's another one of the reasons that I don't like the situation that I'm in. It's because I feel if I don't have anything else to do and I have to be sitting somewhere like in a waiting room. Yes, if I have a book, great. If I have a book, that's great. I'll happily read a book instead of being on my phone. But you don't always have a book around, but you always have your phone. When I put Aurelio to bed, and I need to get out of the habit of doing this, but it's just convenient. I use my phone as a flashlight when I read to him because he doesn't have a bedside light. I could just get him a bedside light. That might be a better <laughs> option. Ooh, solutions. He doesn't have a bedside light. So I don't want to have all the lights on in his room when I'm getting him ready for bed. So I just use my phone as a flashlight. And then when we're done reading, I turn the light off. And I unfortunately still have to sit next to him until he falls asleep. He's not got to the point yet where he could just do it on his own. And while I'm sitting there... I will usually scroll Twitter. That's what I do until he's asleep and I can leave. But sometimes my phone battery just happens to be dead, like tonight. Mm. And so I brought a flashlight into the room and I used a flashlight instead. And once I turned that light out and he was on his way to falling asleep, which takes, you know, at least 10 minutes. Okay, what am I supposed to do here? I'm sitting in the dark. I don't have my phone. What did you do? Um, I, I would tell you, but it's, it makes me sound like a huge nerd. <laughs> Hey, I told you I played 600 levels of Candy Crush Saga. Okay, you're right. All right, 900 if you count the other game. (laughs) (laughs) And not to mention the two other versions that I deleted from my phone years ago, Uh right? How many levels was I there? Uh, Well, I will do my my memorization. I like to memorize things. And so sometimes when I have nothing to do, really, really have nothing to do, I will go through something that I've memorized in my head. And it might be a poem, but it also might just be a list. So what were you going through? I was going through the periodic table of elements. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And I'm not even into chemistry. I almost failed chemistry. I hated it. But I got the idea to memorize this periodic table from this podcast, Quick Brain, Jim Quick. He teaches about how to memorize and using connections to memorize things and visual images. And so I've started to memorize it. I'm, I'm almost done. I like it. So yeah, that's what I did. I'm the daughter of a father who likes to memorize things. So he'll pull out poems or song lyrics, or he also taught himself how to say the 
alphabet backwards really, really fast. Oh my gosh, that's hard. Yeah, so that could be one that you work on. All right, so well, to end and to help you with your addiction. Yeah, I need help, guys. I want to assign you something and maybe assign everybody something that has a phone issue. Okay. For the next, we'll say week, try to every single time you're sitting somewhere and somebody gets up and goes to the bathroom to not take your phone out and maybe to make it, since you really like a challenge, you could report back to me five things you noticed that you wouldn't have noticed if you were looking at your phone. Ooh, I like it. Okay, so that's your assignment for the next week. If you find yourself alone at a table briefly, then you have to uh, observe rather than read. Should I bring a notebook with me? Sure. So I can note these things down? I carry a notebook with me everywhere I go. Yeah, well, all most writers do, but my problem is I've gotten into the habit of noting things down on my phone. Right. <laughs> so you can see how this plays out. I'm like, oh, I have a brilliant idea for a story. Open up my phone. I go to the notes. But before I go to the notes, I see that I have a notification. Someone tagged me on Instagram. I go over there. I look in there. I'm like, oh, here's something else. Here's something else. Down the rabbit hole. I totally forget what my idea was. See, this is addiction, man. <laughs> I'm telling you. You can't smoke that half a cigarette. No. Nope. It's going to pull you right back in. You got you to gotta say, I'm an addict. I can't do that anymore. Now, iPhones are hard because you do need them. It's sort of like being addicted to food. Anybody who's addicted to food knows that this is the hard part is that you actually have to eat to survive. Right. Now, you don't need a smartphone to survive. But, you know, in this day and age, it's getting to be where it does a lot for you. You kind of need it. But yes, you'll have to go get a notebook. Maybe that can be the first thing you do tomorrow. I actually just bought a new notebook. Perfect. I didn't know what it was going to be for, but I just had this feeling that I needed a new one. I just bought it. Now you know why. And now I know why. Yay, I'm excited. So if you do that, you can report back your five things and then I'll do the same. I already try not to get it out when people go to the restroom, but I'll do the same. And then for those of you listening, I would love to hear what you see also. Yes. You could do it on the bus too. Sometimes it's a real struggle to... Can you ride on the bus or on public transit and not use your phone? I think that's another one that I try to do a lot. I can do it if I have a book, but I couldn't do it with no book. I don't feel like I could sit on a bus or on the metro and just sit there. But why? I mean, the metro I get. This is boring. It's boring? You're taking a bus to Rome. <laughs> For God's sake, look out the window. Well, I yeah, I guess I'm thinking about, I'm thinking about the metro. Yes. But... You know, my, my neighborhood's not that pretty. <laughs> I know it's not, but that's the thing. I've really been challenging myself to do this. You feel like you go through the same neighborhoods all the time, but there's different things happening everywhere. See what the birds are doing, like I always say. I know, I know. See what the people are doing. Okay, I'm going to try. But like you are already so ahead of your average person because you are trying not to take your phone out when your friend is in the bathroom. Most people myself included, has to try to not take their phone out while they're having a conversation with their friend. Okay? <laughs> so we're, it's like a whole new level. <laughs> Baby steps. Yeah, I think it's a matter of making those conscious decisions. Put your phone in your purse. I'm in the habit of always having my ringer off. But actually, I think it's better to have your ringer on because then you can put your phone in your purse. You don't have to be constantly looking at it and saying, oh, did someone write me? Did someone, you know? So conscious decision, put your ringer on, put it in your purse. Don't keep it out on the table because if it's out on the table, you're going to want to look at it, or at least I am. And you gave me a great idea once. 
I think it was on our resolutions episode. You were like, when you get home, put your phone on the table by the door. Don't hold it in your hand. Don't carry it around the house with you. So I'm going to do this. I'm going to do your five things suggestion. I like that. If I had a better social life, I'd get more practice at that. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm also going to do, my goal is 8 p.m. to 8 a.m. Phone off. And then no phone at the table. Okay, fair. Even if I'm sitting with Aurelio. If I have to, I'll just read. And if that means one sentence at a time, so be it. Well, here is the problem with that. Is This is uh, Tiffany's overambition. I'm ambitious. What can I say? Baby steps. This week, one thing, five observations. Next week, you can be noted okay. at the table. Because the table is going to be a lot harder. Let's walk you into this. Or maybe not. I mean, because some cigarettes, cigarettes, you got to quit. You just got to quit and say, that piece of my life is over. There's no escape. But Katie, so. that's actually interesting. I know we're, gonna, we're wrapping up here, but just to mention this and then we can end. Hi, Katie here. Sorry to interrupt. It turns out we were trying to end this show, but we didn't. We didn't even come close to ending this show. This conversation was about to take a really interesting turn. But I always want to respect your time, so we've decided to split this episode in two, just in case you need to go somewhere. And if you don't, the second half is available right now. If you just want to plow on, please consider supporting us on Patreon. There's a link in the show notes. We need your support if you love this show. And there's lots of great prizes there as well. And if you join us in tracking the five things you see when you're not looking at your phone, send them to us through the contact us page at thebittersweetlife.net and we'll share them on a future show. Talk to you soon or talk to you right now. If you go to addiction part two.